Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Welcome to church, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Man, y'all are louder than the first group. Y'all are awesome. I like this. It's the party crowd. All right. Hey, uh, before I get started, we're in our study of the book of James. Before I get started, I got to do a little corporate thank you because there's so many people. Uh, So real quick story. Um, They've been holding something for me and faking me out on something. And uh, some of you guys knew what was going on. Uh, But basically, a whole group of like 50 people. uh, My wife got me out of town. We left Friday morning to go on a trip. And uh, they got me out of town. And like 50 people from the church showed up at our house and destroyed our home. And then they rebuilt a brand new porch and fire pit in my backyard for me for a birthday present. So thank you, thank you for those of you who are here that you are a part of that. Um, And I'll just let you know, all of you will eventually get invited over for s'mores, all right? Um, Anyway, it was fantastic, Uh, really good. And then uh, I want to tell you other big news. So obviously you saw we're having a vision night. Why would we have vision night at Leesburg High School? Let me tell you a quick story. I'll try to make it short. We got a lot of teaching to get to today, but... Um, we knew that we weren't going to be able to do bike fest here, right? Because it's bike fest and uh, our church turns into a bar during bike fest. Um, so that's pretty cool. But anyway, um, I'll talk about that in a minute. <coughs> so, um, and so we can't be here. To, so we got to figure out what we do. So we've gotten big last year. We just went down with the motorcycle association, but we've gotten so big as a church that we were like, we really can't not have church. So we booked the auditorium out at the community college. We booked Leesburg High School Auditorium. We were trying to think, is there anywhere else that we need to keep covered? So we were like, just had our bases covered. But the more it started coming, the more that God really started uh, stirring my heart about Leesburg High School. Um, And so there was this whole process that I can't tell you the whole story, but short version is basically we go to do a walkthrough there. And God is already stirring in my heart like this thought of like, um, could we go back to one service? and move to Leesburg High School. And I was having this like thought, like that would be cool, you know, like is that a cool thing? Would that even work? Like would the school even be open to that? Like, come on, separation of church and state, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, we went and we did a walkthrough just talking about Bike Fest week. Then we realized Easter was the week before. So we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easter's like the Super Bowl of church Sundays, right? Kind of a thing. Like that's when you can get people to come. So let's also get the high school because just to give you a perspective, this seats 240. Leesburg High School Auditorium seats 800. So we were kind of like, you know, let's create a space for Easter where we can like try to bring as many people as we can, can on Easter Sunday. So we booked that. Well, we went to meet with them and I sat down with Principal Randolph. And I've said this to you guys over the last couple of weeks, but I got to say it again, man, we have got to get behind Principal Randolph. This dude is legit. Love this guy. I think he's a breath of fresh air for Leesburg. And so when you hear stuff going on about Leesburg High School or you see stuff online or that kind of stuff, let me encourage you to say positive thing, things about our new principal and what's going on. The dude is awesome. I am loving this guy. I'm having a bromance with him. He is awesome, right? And um, so he... Um, 
um, I went and sat down with him and, and said, uh, we're talking and we're going to do some projects. So you guys know about the gift cards we've given away. And then we sponsored the teacher's cart. And then we also did a thing for their uh, Cambridge program. So we're doing all this stuff for the school, which amounted to, are you ready for this? It amounted to about $23,000 uh, that Church of the Lakes has invested in Leesburg High School in the last month and a half. Um, so a uh, slight dent uh, that we're trying to make there. Absolutely. You can give God credit there. Um, and so we go in and we sit down, we're talking about these projects and then it was going so well, I just felt prompted. And I, so I just said, Hey, um, I wouldn't plan on talking about this, but, um, any chance that you would be open to the thought of us bringing the church here permanently? And I kind of just had that big, you know, like, what's he going to say kind of thing. And he goes, man, that would be amazing. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, me and Principal Sellis, the assistant Principal Sellis, came from a school in Jacksonville. They, at the school they were at, there was a church that launched in their auditorium, and it was this amazing relationship. So they had this whole history background of this great thing. So we go to leave, and he tells me, that since the principal looked at him after we left and said, uh, look, I got to ask you a question, because you've had several other churches asked to do this, and some community organizations asked to do this, and you said no to all of them. So why these guys? And he said, and I told him, because I've been waiting for the right strategic partner at Church of the Lakes, they're the ones. And so we have set up and finalized when we go Easter, uh, we will stay at Leesburg High School. We are moving into Leesburg High School as of Easter and staying in that place. So this is what the sanctuary will look like from now on. One service, one service at 10 o'clock. So you guys got to get up a little bit earlier than you're getting up now, right? 10 o'clock. Um, and this is my point of view. That's from the stage to give you an idea of what it looks like. And do you see that carpet? You see the carpet there? So we haven't decided. We're still researching, but we're not sure if it came over um, on the Nina, the Pinto, or the Santa Maria. Uh, but it's one of those. We, we haven't isolated it yet. It is the nastiest, oldest, grossest carpet you've ever seen in your life. I don't even know what those stains are. I don't want to know what those stains are. You know what I'm saying? Teenagers, that's all I got to say. But um, <laughs> But here's what we're going to be doing. We are going to be over spring break, which is in three weeks. We are putting all brand new carpet in to the auditorium. So we're going there to be a blessing to Leesburg High School, not just to use, right? So we're putting in all new carpet that's going in. We're putting in all new brand new lighting and sound system into their auditorium. So their band director, Mr. Fielder, he loves us right now. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a thing. And like with us just giving the gift cards away to all the teachers, I just got to be honest with y'all. It's really cool being Pastor Mike right now on the Leesburg High Campus. You know what I mean? Like as soon as they're like, that's Pastor Mike. They're like, yeah, Pastor Mike. I'm like, yeah, how you doing? Right? So, but anyway, I just want to say God is doing some crazy cool stuff. Um, and for us to go back to one service, I know first service was really excited because they miss y'all. Did you know that? There's a bunch of them. They were like, I don't see this person anymore. And I don't see that person anymore. So this is going to allow us to do one service to grow. Here's where it gets crazier. Then we got to meet with the district, right? So here come the suits. You know what I mean? Like chief of operations of Lake County schools shows up and some other guys and they walk in and it's the same kind of feeling. I'm kind of like, how's this going to go? What are they going to say? Are you ready for this? All three of them are strong believers. So much so, here's the chief of operations. One of his suggestions, Lake County Schools, chief of operations. He says, hey, Principal Reynolds, why don't we do something kind of cool or creative? Maybe we can do incentive type program. We're like, incentive program? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if a kid gets in school suspension, they can either serve in school suspension or they can come to church on Sunday morning and not have to serve the in school suspension. And I was like, 
can you do that? Like that's what I, you know, that's what it, like, that's illegal. We're going to be anyway. Um, but, but it, it was unbelievable. So much so they're letting us build a storage room on the back of the auditorium so that we don't have to do trailer church and all that kind of a stuff. I mean, guys, I can't even begin to tell you. So on top of that, we go the other day, we're looking around campus, we're walking through, where are we going to park signage, all this kind of stuff we're trying to figure out. And we figured out finally, we're going to park in the back parking lot. So the back, par- back lot, back by the stadium is where we're actually going to do parking. So you got to kind of walk up between the buildings and there's a courtyard there. We're building a coffee, uh, coffee cart that's going to have, we'll have music out there so that it's kind of a uh, sort of an outside fellowship hall in the courtyard there. But when you come down, we were looking at it, we're like, it's a little bit long for some of our older folks and, and even some of our handicapped folks or those kind of things. So I was like, you know what? Let's just dream. God's doing crazy stuff. I was like, you know what? I, we need one of those eight-seater stretched limo golf carts. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And so somebody said to me, oh, those are really hard to come by. I'm like, yeah, but God knows where there's one. And, and so, um, so we called, we found out Billy and, and Valerie Pasnak forgot, totally forgot. Their church here, they've been part of this church almost since the beginning. Um, they do golf carts. So I called and said, hey, any chance you could get us one of those eight-seater golf carts? And they're like, oh, they're really kind of hard to come by. But here's what we'll do. We will have there, starting on Easter, we'll have two four-seater golf carts every Sunday that we bring so we can bring people. Well, I thought that was the win, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? Call my wife. Like, we're going to have golf carts there on the very first Sunday. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. The very next morning, it hadn't been 24 hours, Billy calls me. He goes, I found us a cart. I said, what? So he sends me this picture. Right? Listen, listen. $3,000. $3,000. Brand new batteries, the whole deal. For those of you, y'all don't know golf carts. That's really cheap. All right? Um, but, but so anyway, so I just want to tell you, man, we are so stoked about what God is doing and the opportunity to get into Leesburg High School. And, and, and here's what God said to me, because we're going to talk about making decisions today. Um, we're going to talk about, and, and James is going to talk to us about wisdom and how we make decisions today. And, you know, one of the things that's a big decision, like people have been coming to me, pastor, when are we buying some property? When are we building a building? Right? Like that's, that's like a next big decision. What does that look like for the church? How do we do that kind of thing? And what God really said to me through this entire process was, um, look, I really don't want you to build a building and ask the community to come to you. I want you to be the church that goes right to the middle of the community, the heart of the community. And I think that's what he did when he put us here, right, on Main Street for this season to do this. But the number one issue in my book in Leesburg area is education. And so he's putting us right into the middle of Leesburg High School, where I believe, you want to talk about God's timing, where I believe he brought Michael Randolph to be the principal, and for us to try to support him in what he's doing. Let me give you an idea of what Mr. Randolph's doing. Mr. Randolph is out-of-the-box guy. Like, it's not like Lake County, same old, same old mediocrity. It's out-of-the-box stuff, right? So he calls me the other day. He's like, I need you to help me do a little bit of fundraising. I'm like, I'm all about that. And he said, uh, he said, so I've got this cool idea. I reached out to the previous coach of Leesburg High School, who was a fantastic coach, and we lost him to Gazaga Prep in Washington, D.C., right? It's like fancy prep school kind of a deal. And he went up there, reached out to him. And what I want to do is one of the issues that we have in Lake County is people don't get out of Lake County and see the rest of the world, right? So they don't dream. They don't, they don't think big because they're so isolated here. So he is, it's done. He is taking the football team to Washington DC in October to play against Gonzaga prep. We probably going to get our butt kicked, but that's okay. Because 
um, they're going to get to go to D.C. and see our nation's capital and have their minds expanded, right? And have an understanding of an opening. So these are the kind of creative things. I also sat in a meeting with some at-risk teenagers that he pulled out of class and brought a bunch of us men in. And we spent the whole morning there in the culinary arts where they cooked breakfast for them and we're starting to build relationships. He's trying to create mentoring relationships. So this is the principle that God has given us the timing to move into Leesburg High School and see what he's going to do. I think that the sky's the limit. I think what we're about to see God do is just unbelievable, amazing, and all. So here's what I need you to do. I need you, um, there are, how many seats in here? Did you catch that when I said it? Some of y'all were paying attention. That's what's up. Or you were in first service, you cheated. But how many seats are in the auditorium? Y'all actually listen to me. I'm impressed. 800 seats. So we, we, are, we want to invite some people. So here's what we did. We got six weeks until we move. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Six weeks until we move. So we've got a bunch of invite cards, but all the invite cards are for here, right? For 9-11. So we're going to pass these invite cards and ask, would you give these out? Would you invite people to come? And you can tell them we're moving. But invite them to come now and get plugged in now to get ready for Easter. And then we're going to have some invite cards that we bring to you guys for Easter. Um, I just, I believe you guys, we can reach people that we, never we've reached before. Uh, some of you are going to get an opportunity to invite somebody that you think they'll never come to church. But because they went to Leesburg High School, they'll be curious right? They'll, they'll just be curious about what does that look like or that time. And some of you who are seniors that you live in senior areas or the villages or whatever, to talk about a church that's going to try to reach the youth really rings and resonates with our older generation. So take some cards with you, take one or two of those packs, invite some people, ask them to come uh, because it's going to be an amazing, amazing journey. Um, and uh, I told uh, Mark Fezenden, where's that golf cart? I told Mark Fezenden, I sent this picture to him. And if y'all know crazy Mark out in the parking lot, um, he, uh, I told him that this was his job when we get there. Because you know, Mark can tug a dog out of a meat truck. He's that guy. And, um, and so he, he's going to be driving this golf cart. So I sent him the picture. I said, this is your job. He's like, dude, I don't drive low riders. You're going to have to get a lift kit. I'm like, welcome to Leesburg. Anyway. We're really excited. So hand those out. But today, let me get into the message because it is so important. How many of you guys have ever made a bad decision? Let me try that again. How many of you have never made a bad decision? You're a liar if you raise your hand, right? Your bad decision was to raise your hand. That was your bad decision. Listen, decisions can be so complicated. That's the name. That's the title of today's teaching. It's complicated. Because I don't know about you, but there are some things in life that I get to and I just go, this is complicated, right? There are some, some things that I run into as a parent. Come on, parents. You're standing there looking at a kid and they've just done something. And you're thinking, I don't know what to say right now. Like, I, and I don't know the right way to do this. Like my anger wants to take over and I just want to like bury them a lot or something, Right. Um, kind of, a, I mean, but you don't know what to say. Or teenagers, you guys are put in situations, whether it be at school or with your parents or with your future. So many of you guys are thinking about like, what am I supposed to do, right? Like, what am I supposed to be? What does God want me to be? These are decisions. They're complicated. So how, how do we make decisions? And this is what James sort of tackles in this next section um, as we walk through the Bible. So we're in James. Uh, oh, let me show you this quote I found. I forgot about this quote. In my house, I'm the boss. My wife is just the decision maker, right? Come on, man. Anybody? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, so, so decisions, it's amazing, like, and when you think about couples, boy, that's a hard one, too, like, who's going to decide who runs the money, who does this, where does the buck stop, kind of thing, and we talk about in the church, the man being the head of the household, uh, but we sort of struggle with that scenario, and there's the power struggle, and that kind of thing, so how do we make healthy decisions? Well, I want to say it to you this way, James 3 and 13, let's start there. Who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you. Who would you put in that category? Just think for yourself for a second. Just answer to yourself. Who, who would you put in that category? Who among you is wise and understanding? Who would you say is wise and understanding? Who, who do you picture? Who do you think about? What's somebody, what's somebody you think is wise and understanding? Most likely, hear me on this, most likely you're going to either picture someone who is intelligent you're going to pick somebody who's been successful, maybe has money, maybe has some kind of a talent or has accomplished something. Um, but I need you to hear something. Wisdom is different than intellect. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Okay? Knowledge is in the head. Wisdom is in the heart. Knowledge is in the head. Wisdom in the heart. In other words, let me say it to you this way. Knowledge can build a house. Wisdom builds a home. Understand the difference? Right? Knowledge builds the Titanic. (laughs) Wisdom avoids icebergs. Right? The difference between knowledge, right? You can have knowledge. Hear me on this. You can have knowledge about the Bible, but wisdom walks with God. Knowledge wisdom. Very, very different things. Somebody can be knowledgeable and not have wisdom. Most people who have wisdom have knowledge. Understand the difference? So it's important for us to separate that. So who is wise and understanding among you? He goes on. How are they going to show it? How do you know they're wise? Because they have money? Because they're successful? Because their business is good? No, no, no. Look, 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 look. Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. In other words, how do you know if somebody has wisdom? Well, it's by the way they act. You, can, you don't have to hear wisdom. You, you hear knowledge. You see wisdom. Wisdom plays out in the day-to-day. You can see their life, right? So here's one that's going to sting a little bit right? You can tell the quality of a man by the countenance of his wife. Now, either that sits with you well or it stings a little bit. But you literally, if you see a woman and she, her countenance is, is good and she's a married woman, then I'm telling you right now that's probably a quality man standing there because she feels secure, taken care of, loved, right? But if her countenance is not, you see the difference? And you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can go to every marriage conference out there. You can go to all relationship stuff, but not put it into play and not see the results, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit today, and I want to help you understand because the Scripture says to us that we need wisdom. But there's a struggle with wisdom. The verse goes on. Check this out. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom 
does not come from heaven, but is earthly, right? In other words, when we're selfish, when it's about us, that's not wisdom. That's not what we're talking about. So the, the Bible says here, so, so that kind of wisdom, so there's a separation. There's earthly wisdom or knowledge and godly wisdom, right? There, there's a difference. There's a difference between earthly things and godly things. And it's so important for us to understand that. It keeps going. It is unearthly, it is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. No, really, James, tell us what you really think, right? It's kind of, right? It's of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find, catch this, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Listen, listen. What James just said to us is, when we do things with earthly ideas, right? When we use earthly wisdom, the, uh, this other kind of wisdom, when we do that, guess what we're going to see? We're going to see disorder. Right? Because they're evil practices. They're not godly. So what is so critical for us to catch in this and for us to try to apply in our lives is I've got to understand there is a big, 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 big difference between earthly thoughts and godly thoughts. There's a big difference. And we as God's people have to discern the difference. How do I know? How do I know if I'm thinking earthly thoughts or godly thoughts? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Here's the, probably the quickest way to do that is consider your relationships. Because if there's any one place where it's going to play out, it's going to be in our relationships. It'll reveal where your wisdom comes from. So listen, listen. If you have disorder in your relationships, then you probably can say, I may be using earthly wisdom there. Right? Because when I apply godly wisdom, then order comes into that place. So you've got to consider your relationship. There's three guys. And um, they were uh, over here on the earthly, earthly ideas. Three of them got together. And one of them said, you know, I found out, I found this new conference. And obviously it was not a, a church conference. It was just some kind of worldly conference. He said, yeah, it's a conference. It's how to get your woman to line up. He said, let's go. So all three of them, they go to this conference. Here's how, they line, here's how we're going to line up. You know, do your thing. They learn things. They come back a week later. They get back together like, all right, how are things going? The one guy goes, well, it's actually it's going pretty well. I mean, first day I didn't see anything. Second day I didn't see anything. But the third day, she started to get it together. You know what I'm saying? The second one was like, yeah, I kind of had the same experience. Like first day I didn't see anything, second day I didn't see anything. But, but, but about the third day, some things started getting in order. Third one said, yeah, I had a similar experience. He said, you know, first day I didn't see anything, second day I didn't see anything. By the third day, I could see a little bit out of my right eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> see, earthly wisdom will lead you to disorder, chaos, unhealthy things within your relationships, right? So, let me ask you to consider your relationships. Verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Notice the semicolon. And the reason that's important for English, for those of us who are English guys, right? Um, that means that's a stop of the thought. So first of all, wisdom that comes from heaven is pure first. Stop there. It's pure. So we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Then it goes on and gives us the rest. Then it is peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, 
reap a harvest of righteousness. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the fact that we've got this separation, this understanding that we need to grasp, and we've got to be careful. We've got to be very careful as God's people because it's a day where we have decided to really lean towards the earthly wisdom. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in. I'm, are, has any of you been offended this week? Cool. All right. I'm about to offend the rest of you. You ready? I'm, I'm sort of joking. I'm sort of not because I'm going to dive into some issues this morning. Let me talk about abortion for a second. Listen, 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 listen. Earthly mentality. Earthly mentality says this. It doesn't feel good when a woman gets raped. It doesn't, it, there's all kinds of situations. There's all kinds of issues. What about a woman's rights? How she feels? What about the fact that maybe she can't take care of that child? All these kinds, listen to me. These are earthly arguments and earthly wisdom. God says all life is valuable. Now we've got a problem here. Because depending on where you sit on the political spectrum, you may have a real wrestle with what I'm saying right now. And that is exactly what God is saying that we're going to have to do. Because every single one of us is sitting over here on the earth with a sinful nature. What does that mean? That means I like it the way I like it. And not only do I like it the way I like it, I want it when I want it. Right? That is our selfish, earthly nature that says, I'm going to do it this way. What God's word is saying is, is you have to get outside of that and do it God's way. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the rub. That's, that's the rub in Christianity. The word is surrender, right? Jesus calls us to surrender our lives. In other words, I walk away from everything that feels or that I think or that is about me, and I surrender it all and say, I'm going to do it the way that God would have me do it, right? We're talking about some crazy stuff in our world, legalizing marijuana. And, and, and of course it goes, oh, wait a minute, wait, 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 medical marijuana, that's helping people, you know, kind of all that sort of stuff, right? And all of a sudden, like, there's this but, but is it okay? And is it not okay? What's the big deal? But we, but we have alcohol is legal. And, is it, and, and, and listen to me. If there's ever been a time period that the people of God need to grasp wisdom, it would be right now. Would you not agree? Right? Because we're, we're in this rub. We're in this political thing. Is it, and somebody brings up an argument and it jacks with us or, or we're kind of messed up. I was watching TV the other day and I flipped over and there was a transgender Man, he was biologically a man, but he was dressed like a woman. And he was testifying before Congress about transgender issues within our military. Right? Now, does that man need to be loved? Absolutely. Do we need to care for him? And her? But at some point, do we have to say, but what's godly and what is earthly? Right? Just because someone has a feeling a certain way doesn't make it okay. Not any different than if I say to you, hey, just so you guys know, your pastor, I like, I like women. Does that make you feel weird for me to say that? I still have eyeballs. My eyeballs still work. I notice things. Right? So I notice it looks good to me. I feel like, so is it all right if you guys, if I have a few affairs here in town? Well, what's the difference? See, the bottom line is, listen, the bottom line is 
This whole thing about Christianity and what James is trying to say to us is it is about us choosing to step away from earthly things towards godly principles. And us, within our sinful nature, we're wrestling with that because I want what I want, right? I I think this way. But what James is trying to say to us is, listen to me, it's not about how you feel. It's not about how you think. It's about how God feels and about how God thinks, right? We are going to have to be and choose to be the people of God that stand up for truth when even nobody else wants to, when it's not the popular thing, when, it's, when it seems sort of... There was an article that got sent to me in, um, on Facebook. So there's a new church in Orlando. Did y'all see this one? There's a new church in Orlando, and they are also a brewery. Right? So, 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 so um, they took our, like, we have beer out in there in the coolers that we cover up. Because, you know, this is a bar sometimes, like where we meet here. Um, but we don't serve it. They like serve it. Like they go in and they do their Lutheran and they have their service and they do a thing. And then they all come belly up to the bar and have time together. And so I couldn't help but look at social media. And can you imagine? You can just imagine when I say it. The thread. Oh, yeah. The things that were said. You know, and it was everything from, um, man, that's awesome, to that's not a real church. You know, to, I mean, just this back and forth. Listen, listen, listen. So at what point and how do you and I get wisdom? Like, how, how do we make these decisions? Not because of the way I feel. Not because of the way that Oprah talks. Not because of what Pastor Mike says. Right? How do we get to a place where we walk away from earthly thinking, the things of this world, and we step towards the things of God? And that's what wisdom is. That's what this is. Proverbs 12 and 14 says this. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Right? Let me say it to you this way. So today's teaching is not a light teaching, right? Today's a bit of in in, in your face. Of course, the whole book of James is kind of in your face. But let me say this to you. Listen to me. Every single person here this morning, including me, especially me, There are things that you're thinking right now that you think are right, but they lead to death. There are thoughts in every single one of us because we have this sinful nature, because we have this thing inside of us that is selfish and wants what we want and the way we want. And some of ours are hidden within the church. In other words, it's ways that we deal with the church or church people or each other, right? We we can be legalistic within the church. We can be like, I can't believe that. That's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And we blast people. Well, that didn't help anything. That didn't win anybody over. Right? That didn't help move anybody towards God. That just, as a matter of fact, alienated them even more. So, so for us to be open enough, and that's all I'm asking. I'm just asking you to be open enough to say, okay, where is my thinking earthly that I need to retrain my brain to think godly? Because there's a big difference. And for every single one of us, matter of fact, let me just say it this way. If you have any problems in your life, it's from unearthly thinking. I mean, from earthly thinking. If you have any struggles in your relationships, it's from earthly thinking. If you have any dysfunction in your home, it's from earthly thinking. 
So it's for us to find a place where we say, I, I, I need to understand what it is that's godly, right? Because let me talk about earthly thinking for just a minute. Let me define it for you. Number one, it's worldly. In other words, it's of this world. It's see it, touch it, feel it. And we're going to have to draw a line if we're going to be an influencers to change what it is that God's doing. Look at, uh, look at 1 Corinthians 1 and 20. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Right? In other words, God looks at the wisdom of this world. So we bring out philosophers, right? You go to a college campus these days, and it's all about big words and theses and doctoral statements and right? Or, or within the church, it's seminary, and I've got this doctor of divinity, of honorary reverend of the most holy high, whatever, right? And, 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 and you need to hear something. What James says here is God makes the, the wisdom of this world foolish. There's, there's nothing of this world, right? And the reason that it's, it's, it's worldly or it's not of God is number two is it's sensual. Sensual. In other words, it's about the senses. It's what I feel, see, hear, touch, smell, taste. It's of my senses, right? I'm going based upon my feelings. How can this be bad when it feels so good? Right? There's a counselor that I sent a lady to. Never will I send anyone to this person ever again. And these are the words she actually told her. She told her, and there was no infidelity, there was no, there was just normal marital stuff. Anybody here can attest to me there's marital stuff. I was saying it nicely. But the, the, she goes, and they're just having stuff, and this counselor said to her, you know what? I really think you should divorce him because you deserve to be happy. Listen to me, that's terrible earthly, worldly advice. And it's sensual, it's about her senses. You deserve to be happy. Can I say something very different? Here's the division. You ready? You deserve to be happy. Over here, God doesn't care about your happiness. He cares about your character. Right? He, he, he's not trying to make you white picket fence, 1.3 dogs, 2.7 kids, whatever the normal American average is. Right? He's trying to build something inside of you of who you are, your character. The spirit and soul inside of you that makes you who you are. Feeling, listen, listen, feelings can lead or choices can lead. That's, there's you go. It's sensual. I can lead with my feelings. Every time you say, I feel this, or I think that, be very, very weary. Because are you having earthly conversations with your earthly self to make earthly decisions? The other is, God says, God feels, God thinks, Right? Such a difference that we've got to make sure that we're checking ourselves, that we're checking our own minds, and that we're not reacting in just a worldly, sensual, I can feel it, touch it kind of way, right? Titus 3 and 3 through 5. At one time, we too were foolish and disobedient. This is a description of you before you knew Jesus. Deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Anybody remember those days? We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Oh my gosh, do we hate in our culture today. Come on, y'all. You've been on social media lately. Hate, 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 hate. I hate you. I hate this. Man, we're just angry, upset. 
We're so easily offended. Oh my gosh, y'all. Come on now. Now, young generation, I got to talk to y'all for a minute because this whole I'm offended thing has gotten out of control. You understand what I'm saying to you? Right? I'm, I'm offended. Like, that bothers me. Well, really? Who died and made you the king of Siam? What does that have to do with anything? Like, like honestly, you're ready? For, you're ready? This is crazy, but I'm on the earthly side. Let me get over here. Who cares how you feel? <laughs> That's why you came to church this morning. You're like, wow, that was great. Look, seriously, though. Seriously, though. Like, like who, who cares how you feel? Because if your feelings are the point, I promise you that's just going to lead to death. If you're going to live by your feelings, it's not about feelings. It's about how God feels. Right? How does God feel about my life, my situation, this decision, whatever it is that I'm supposed to do? Look at the rest of this. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, in other words, when we got saved and we made that decision with Him, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, because of his mercy. Mercy. There's nothing you did or can do to, desire, to, to, to win the love of God. There's nothing that you can do that caused him to die on that cross for you. It's a gift. And so then we turn around and we say, I'm now a follower of Jesus. What do followers do? They do what the leader does. That's what fo- following, follow the leader, right? You understand? kindergarten, right? So if we follow Jesus, if I'm a follower of Jesus and he gives mercy, no matter what someone else can do or not do, come on. That's, that's what we're supposed to be about. Mercy. Are you serious, pastor? Like, so if I get forgive somebody once, what if they do it again? Well, I'm going to say, forgive them again. Okay. What if they do it a third time? Okay. That's different. Forgive them again. Right? How many times has God forgiven us? How many times this week, come on, I don't care how long you've been walking this walk, how many times this week were you selfish? Or maybe you didn't do something God, so you got a stirring, maybe I should go do this, maybe I should call that person. And you got distracted with something else and didn't do. That was something maybe God was telling us to do, right? How often do we do? And, and, and so the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you're thinking or feeling. That's the problem with earthly thinking is that it's all about my senses, it's all about how I feel, all about what we want. It goes on and it says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. When you are born again in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Why is that so important? Because He's called our guide and our counselor. Our guide and our counselor. In other words, when I'm over here thinking, yeah, but I like this, and I don't want that, and how come I have that? This is our earthly thinking. The Holy Spirit goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let, me, let me guide you. Let me remind you to think about God today. About what He might want you to do. About maybe what He wants your agenda to look like. Right? The difference between earthly thinking and godly wisdom. Because the last piece that you've got to hear, not only is it worldly and sensual when it comes to this wisdom that James is talking about over here, but it's almost, it's just demonic. Now that's crazy because in this day and age, we don't like to talk about like hellfire and brimstone. That's like the old days. Remember the hellfire and brimstone teachers? Come on, anybody been long enough? Got the hanky doing the whole, ah, you better turn or burn, you know, kind of thing going on. 
Listen, that's what it sounds like, but hear me, you, you need to understand. Worldly wisdom is demonic. Because there's only two options. One option is, there was a guy, his name was Lucifer, he was head of all the angels. And he got this pride thing going inside of him. And he said, I want it the way I want it, and I want it now. I want it all. Anyway, right? And, and, and so he got kicked out of heaven. And that is those who follow after him have that same mentality and heartbeat. It's pride. It's I want. It's me. Me, 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 me. Right? That's, that's, that's the heartbeat. The heartbeat of God is Jesus who comes in all humility, Philippians 2 says, humbled himself, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead humbled himself to death on the cross. That's the difference. Hear me? You, you, you want to check wisdom within yourself. Is it me, 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 I, 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 my senses make me feel good, make me happy? Or is it sacrifice, please God, maybe even suffer if it's what God is, it makes him happy and pleases him. It's the difference between earthly and godly wisdom. And, and John says it this way. This is, this is kind of in your face. You are of your father, the devil. It is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires, which are characteristics of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies, and all that is false. But that's a moment for us to stop and sort of take a breath, right? Because I don't think there's a person on the planet when you explain them to it that way that goes, I mean, they can joke around. They got like party language joking around, but that really goes, yeah, I want to be a liar. And no, no, nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, I cannot wait to do the wrong thing today. Right? I mean, nobody does that. No, nobody gets up and goes, I can't wait one day. I'm going to be a serial killer. It's going to be awesome. Right? But what happens is one earthly decision and one earthly mindset and, and, and one earthly lie that becomes a part of our normal and part of what we do and we become a part of a cycle and that cycle leads to death. And although this is kind of hard teaching this morning, I can't stand before God as your pastor and not warn you, right? I, I can't not look at you and go, please, would you consider and be honest, really, really honest with yourself? Am I using earthly wisdom? Are you using earthly wisdom when it comes to relationships? Because some things look good, but they're not good. So many times that I've seen and counseled people over the years on things that this is not good. This is not right. It feels right, looks good. You think it looks good and it feels right. And this is not the right person. This is not the right job. This is not the right scenario for you. And so I, I, I have to challenge you today to consider that reality. Proverbs 4 and 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. You got to get wisdom. <laughs> That's kind of a frustrating statement, isn't it? The beginning of wisdom is get it. 
All right, I'm going to go to Walmart. How do you do that? Like it says, though it costs all you have, get understanding, wisdom and understanding. But here, listen to me. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. So if we're going to have godly wisdom, if we're going to shift our lives to use godly wisdom so that we see those things come out of our lives that he desires and we desire ultimately, number one, godly wisdom is going to come from godly principles. Godly principles. Now again, listen to me. We are a sinful nature people living on a sin-filled earth, right? Surrounded by other sinners, So the next time that you think about picking up the phone and asking your girlfriend for some advice, stop. Think for a second. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Teenagers, you pick up the phone and you call one of your friends for advice. And she's had like seven boyfriends since the start of the school year. Think, think. Are you you following what I'm saying? Right? It's, it's like the guy who, who comes and says, man, I can't, I can't deal with my finances. I don't have a budget, all this. And then he goes to somebody who's filing bankruptcy for advice. Listen, that's, that's, that's what you and I do. If you're reading Cosmo, you're going to somewhere where it's bankrupt for relationship advice, right? If you're, if you're looking at whether it be, and I don't care who it is, listen to me, be careful. I don't care how good it looks or how pretty it looks. I don't care if it's Dr. Phil or Oprah or whoever, or it's your grandpa that you think is so phenomenal. He's an awesome man, but he didn't go to church and he's not in God's word. Listen to me. There are godly principles, and then there are worldly principles that look good, the scripture just told us, but lead to death. Does that make sense? We've got to seek godly principles. So 1 John 3 and 3, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. The key word is purity. Now, when I say purity, right, because we are, we are defiled by the world or we are pure when it comes to God, when you say purity, that kind of makes us just kind of, because not one of us feels perfect, right? But listen to me, purity and perfect are two different concepts. I need you to catch that this morning. Purity and perfect are two different concepts. Perfect is perfect. Everything's exactly right, right? But purity, the root of that word is integer. What's an integer? We'll test here. Where are my math people? What's an integer? A whole number. Thank you very much, college student. Well done, right? An integer is a whole number. So the idea of pure is just wholeness, right? The idea of purity, the idea of integrity, in other words, he's not saying I'm, making, I'm expecting you to be perfect. I'm just, I'm just wanting you to live purely. Wow, I bring that up and guess what's about to happen? People are about to do their taxes. Come on. You've got a decision to make at work this week. Do I fudge the numbers a little bit? You got, you got somebody to talk to at work this will be, and do I, do I kind of, you know, it wasn't a lie, right? We call it, we, we call it in our house lying by omission. Right? In other words, I tell, listen to me, what he's saying is, be pure. Make the decision to do what it is that God's called you to do, even if it hurts. There's the difference between earthly and godly, right? 
Earthly says this. Here, let me put it in Leesburg so some of you can understand. I'm going to get mines. Right? I'm going to get mines. In other words, for, for the older generation, I'm going to get mine. I, I'm going to get, I know you were like, what? Um, but, but, but it's about me. I'm, I'm going to get it taken care of. I'm going to get what I'm going to get. I'm going to do, right? As opposed to, no, God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Put the right number in the bracket on your taxes. I know it's going to cost you money. But it'll cost you life if you do it the other way. Because it leads to death. Right? This, 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 God says, do it the way I've asked you to do it. And I promise you I will take care. But we are so stuck going after our senses. Like, but yeah, but, yeah, but, but if I, right? Listen to me. Listen to me. We need a purity when it comes to our relationships. Purity is not perfect. Purity just acknowledges when you screw up. Teenagers, listen to me. Some of y'all blew it and your parents don't know it yet. Go tell them. Go tell them. Go and say, look, before you find out from my teacher, right? Before Now, after your mom passes out and wakes back up, okay? I promise you it's going to be different. See, because we're not talking about perfect, we're talking about a purity. Do you understand the difference, right? That, that, that we do this. All who have hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Look at Proverbs 10 and 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. How many of you have ever been in the middle of a lie having to cover your tracks? Right? That sucks. Come on. In the Greek sense, I meant that. that right? But I mean... And this is what it says, but it says, whoever takes a crooked path will be found out, right? And so we're, James is just imploring us, listen, guy, guys, there's earthly wisdom and you're going to think it sounds right and it feels right and it's going to make your feelings feel good and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is if you keep stuffing chocolate in your face, you're going to have problems. If you keep satisfying yourself with earthly things, you're going to have problems. We have to decide I'm going to do the hard thing. I'm going to do just because it's the right thing. And once we learn godly principles, number two is that his wisdom, well, it acts with godly motives. So here's what happens. Remember earlier when I said feelings are choices? Listen to me. You have one choice. Either your feelings lead you or your choices lead you, right? And listen to me. When you choose the right thing, does it feel good? The answer is no. No, it doesn't feel good at first to do the right thing. You know what I'm talking about? Right? It doesn't feel good at first. Right? But listen to me. Choices lead and feelings follow. And that's what this is, is you've got to understand is as you learn godly principles and you choose, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender my life under God. I'm going to do it God's way. And yes, it stinks. And yes, I'm going to have to turn off things that I watch and things that I'm listening to. And yes, I'm going to have to do some things to get myself away from this earthly thinking that keeps invading me. And I'm going to have to do those things. And at first it stinks. It stinks, right? And maybe even somebody's looking at us and going, what are you like goody two shoes now? You won't come out with us anymore. Or you won't do this or won't do that kind of stuff. Your choices at first stink, but your feelings will follow because here's what will happen. Because then godly motives will well up inside of you. 
When godly principles are put into play, godly motives become part of you. Yeah, but I want want to go help somebody with this. I want to go serve somebody with that. This is the process that we're in, in maturing in our walk in Christianity. Not just the knowledge of God, but what did it say? It said that it'll be played out in our deeds, right? Wisdom, when it comes from God, comes out in what we do. Philippians 2, 1 through 5, therefore, Listen to this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, and there's even an ounce of encouragement from that, I mean, just a little bit. If any comfort from his love, if you at any point have ever felt God's love, just a little bit. If any common sharing in the spirit, you ever felt like you're in God's presence. Boy, that's so alive video gets me every time. Right? And just in that moment, I could feel God's spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, right? But in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. But the wisdom that comes from heaven Listen to this. This is back to James. The wisdom that comes from heaven. This is back in our reading that we read earlier. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all what? Pure. Right? We just talked about that purity. It's first of all pure. And that has to be first. In other words, I'm living with integrity. But remember, we said there's a semicolon there and then he goes on. Let me, let's go through the other list. That was the first list. The first list stands by itself. First of all, it's got to be pure. You got to walk in integrity. Then it goes into this other list. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. Let me, let me walk through each one of these. Peace-loving. What is peace-loving? Um, how about stop stirring the pot? Any pot stirrers in here? Be honest. You don't have to raise your hand, but be honest to yourself. Come on. Did you stir the pot this week? Did you jab your spouse this week? With a little something. Did you jab somebody at work this week? Did you get a little mouthy with somebody? Come on. Pot stirs. We stir the pot. We're really, really good at it. There was this couple. They are just ticked at each other. Old couple. They're driving. They've been fighting for like two days. They're driving down, and they're in farmland. He looks over, and he sees a whole bunch of pigs. He looks at her. He goes, relatives of yours? And she goes, yeah, in-laws. Potsters, right? Listen to me. Are you a potster? Because you need to ask God, God, help me with this. Why is it that I've fallen into this earthly? Because I'm angry? Because I'm hurt? Maybe I'm just mean a little bit. Then he says, I want you to be peace loving. And then he says, I want you to be considerate. What's the first part of that word? It's consider. In other words, consider others. Listen to me, teenagers. This is so, so, so important. So you guys are in this process of growing right now and your brain's developing. And the last part to develop in your brain is the frontal lobe, the prefrontal cortex, right? And this is your logic center. This is the part of your brain that actually gives you the ability to see beyond today or right now, right? This is the part of your brain that you need. So you stop going, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Your parents go, what were you thinking? And you go, I don't know. Right? Listen, listen, listen. And that's the part of your brain that has to be developed for you to start to consider other people. 
For some of us, we still are trying to develop some of our prefrontal cortex, no matter how old we are, right? That we would stop and say, how is it that it, what, what is it? And I, I was thinking about it this week. You know, I always make jokes about the left lane and my driving and everything else. And so Jen and I went away and man, we were in some crazy traffic down in St. Pete. And I was thinking about this teaching and I was thinking about this considerate thing. And so there was one time this person kind of cut me off um, and I was sitting there and I was just kind of thinking, in that moment, do I get mad? Okay, here we go. Ready, 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 ready. Earthly thinking. Do I get mad because they inconvenienced me? Because they slowed me down. I mean, God forbid I would have to pick my foot up off of the grass and put it on the brake pedal because that takes so much effort. You know what I'm saying? How could they dare inconvenience me like this? This is the thought process, right, that each one of us have. Or do I consider that that woman in the car in front of me, you know, the little old lady that's in the car in front of me, and she's driving home from the diagnosis that she just got, that she won't be driving much longer because she won't be here much longer. You know that kid when you go to lunch today and they wait your table? And they're just rude. Come on, anybody ever had a rude waitress or waiter? You know, and in your head, you're like, what is your problem? They're supposed to be a server. (laughs) But you know what? You don't know that that's a single dad. And the kid just got in trouble at school yesterday, but he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't have anywhere else to put him. But he's got to send him to the daycare where they just got, are you you hearing what I'm saying? See, to be, for us to consider other people for us to cons- that's what that's what God says and, and, and that's the difference between the next one is submissive boy we love that word right <laughs> submissive here's what it means it just means to yield you know that moment when you're in crazy traffic I don't know why all of my illustrations have to do with traffic anyway you're, you're in crazy traffic it's like wall-to-wall cars but there's somebody coming out of the 7-eleven you know what I'm talking about and you have that moment of crisis. Like, do I let them out? Do I not let them out? Well, they just pulled up. They can wait a little bit. Am I the only one who has this conversation with myself? Right? Or you pull up and they've already been there when you were there. So the person in front of them, like, they start to go out and the person in front of them is like, no. And you're like, jerk, they've been there waiting longer than you have. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right? Listen to me. All this means, submissive, is it's just to yield. It's just to yield. It's, it's just to say, okay, you can go first. That's what Jesus did. He yielded all his rights. He yielded all his authority. Why? To put you and I first. Right? And so as followers of him, that's what it means to, to submit to other people. And then it says, full of mercy. Listen to me, mercy triumphs over judgment all day long. And yet we can be so stinking judgmental, especially us church people, right? Listen to me, there is a godly standard. But if they're a sinner, if they don't know Jesus, they're not living by that standard. Newsflash. So why are you holding them to that standard? Why don't you love them to the point where they might ask you about your standard and then they might take it on, right? keeps no record of wrongs. You ever heard that one? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Here, here's my encouragement. Let's stop being relationally historical. I didn't say relationally hysterical. 
I said relationally historical. You know what that means? That means, ladies, you've got to drop that thing that happened in 1973 and stop bringing it up every time you argue with your husband. I remember you were wearing that blue shirt, and you know what I'm talking about? That's historical. Listen, listen, Jesus, that's, that's earthly. That's earthly wisdom. It's earthly. I'm going to keep a record of wrongs. I'm going to track, and I'm going to bring it back up. You're going to know about it. Jesus said, when I died on the cross, he said these words, it is finished. Done. And we go to God, and we go, God, I did, I, 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 I'm sorry. I still feel guilty for what I did back then. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. And he goes, what are you talking about? You already asked me to forgive you, and I forgave you already, right? That we would be those kind of people. That's what it means to be full of mercy. Yes, forgive again, and again, and again. I'm not saying be dangerous and maintain an unhealthy relationship, but I am saying forgive in your heart, right? The next one says impartial and sincere. Impartial and sincere. When we start getting godly wisdom, when we start having godly principles reign in our life, and then godly motives come out of our life, then we are impartial and sincere. Do you know what a hypocrite is? Do you know what the original hypocrite is, I should say? The original hypocrite were actors in Shakespearean plays. And they didn't have enough actors, so they would have one actor and they would play like four or five different parts. So they would come out with one mask on and play a part, then they would go and get another mask and come back and play another part. That's what the idea of hypocrite comes from. Right? What this world needs from you and I is real. Stop playing Christian. And be real. Live a godly life. Talk about the things of God. But let's stop faking it. Right? Let's stop being one person in one place and a different person in a different place. That's what this says. Is that we're sincere across the board. And we're impartial. And we stop. Every single one of us deals with racism. Every single one of us has stereotypes. We see a different person that's different from us. And we have issues. And he says, I need you to start changing your mindset. I need you to start looking at everyone and saying that person is made in the image of God and meant to be loved no matter where they are, no matter what's going on. Yeah, but. Yeah, but is an earthly like connector. Do you know what I mean by that? Because we say these things in church like love someone, this and that, and then we go, yeah, but you don't know about this situation. Yeah, but you don't know about this person. And, and Jesus says, I know about you, and I died for you. And I know about everyone else, and I died for them as well. And so James, it ends, our, our verse that we're looking at today ends this way. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That is my desire for your life. That is why I would weigh in today and teach such kind of an in-your-face kind of a teaching. is because my desire is to see a harvest of righteousness in your life right? Not the same old, same old stuff. Not the relational issues and the arguments and the bickering in your house and the rah, 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 and all the stuff that's going on because we're of an earthly mindset, but to see righteousness come out, to see healthy things to come out, to see functional things happening in your, in your house. You know what peacemakers do? They just serve wherever they're needed. The people of God, you know what we do? We see grass that needs to be mowed, so we mow it. We see, we see people in our neighborhood who are hurting, so we take them a pie or go spend some time with them. We see needs within our community and we go and serve it. This is what peacemakers do. This is what Jesus did. 
That's what we are called to do. I think that's what God's going to give us a chance to do on the Leesburg High School campus. It's going to be awesome. So you have to let godly principles get in your heart. The way you're going to do that is reading his word, right? That's, that's the way we're going to do that is reading his word, coming to church and hearing teaching, right? Get godly principles in your heart so that godly motives are developed inside of us. So that number three, the wisdom that what, what ends up happening when we use godly wisdom is that it becomes intent on serving God's purpose. So many of you go, well, I, I don't know what my purpose is in life. I'm struggling this and that. I just laid it out for you. Listen to me. I just laid it out for you. Here's how it works. Find godly principles. How do we do that? In God's word, you got to read God's word. You got to come here to church and hear teaching. You got to have your kids here in children's church. So they're hearing godly principles. When that happens, godly motives start to well up inside of you. And when godly well, uh, motives start to well up inside of you, you'll start serving God's purpose for your life. Does that make sense? That's how this works. That's, that's how the whole scenario works. Matthew 5 and 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I don't know about you, but I would kind of like to be called the children of God. How about you? I would like to be called the children of God. And that comes through being a peacemaker. Matthew 5 and 16, in the same way, let your, shite, uh, your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. At some point, we got to move past our stuff and serve others. So it's our job to get wisdom. Not earthly wisdom. Not books and whatever this, but godly wisdom. What is it that God says is true and pure and, and, and things that we should look at? And you go, yeah, but I don't know how to do that. Well, let me give you a verse, James 1 and 5. We've already read this one. If you lack wisdom, you should just ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. When was the last time you asked God not to give you an answer but to give you his wisdom. Because he'll give it to you if you'll take time. If you'll work at it a bit. What is it, God, that, that you want me to do? Psalm 111 and 10. How can men be wise? The only way to begin is reverence for God. Right? And I stop and I go, God, this is your world. You created it. Tell me how you mean for it to work regardless of how I feel regardless of what I want. Because you need to hear the last two fill-ups there. Knowledge comes from education. Wisdom comes from God. Knowledge comes from edu education, but wisdom wants, wisdom comes from God. And so here's, here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to sort of pray this over you guys, this last verse from Colossians. Here's what it says. I want them to be encouraged and knit together. That's what I want for you. I want you to be encouraged I want you to have hope. And some of us, we struggle and we don't have hope. And the reason is, is because we're stuck in, in earthly thinking. We're stuck in earthly wisdom. And so we, we don't have hope. And it says, I want you to be knit together with strong ties of loves. And the reason that we're having struggles and dysfunctions in our relationships and struggles in our marriage and strife and all is because of earthly wisdom and not godly wisdom. This, this, this is my prayer for you. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence 
that they understand God's mysterious plan. Like that's our heartbeat at Church of the Lakes, is that you would understand that God has a plan for your life. And it's a bit mysterious. He's not going to lay it all out for you, right? It's a journey, right? But as we pursue him, um, that, that, that we would find that. Which, what is it? What is it looking? Which is Christ himself. It's just Jesus, y'all. It's just Jesus. It's just Christ himself that he died in love. And if we would just focus so much on who Jesus is and what he did and said, you know what? No matter what, no matter how it feels, no matter all the other wisdom in the world, no matter how much people look at me and think it's crazy, I just want to do it the way Jesus did it. I got to know how he did things. I got to know how he thought. And when I do that, then I become truly a follower of him, right? It's in Jesus. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That should be a relief for you there. Because what I just told you is, would you stop striving so hard to be wise? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, back up a little bit. You don't have to be perfect about every decision and make every decision. You know what you just got to do? You just got to figure out what it is that Jesus would do. You just got to figure out what it is that God says about this situation. And then do it, no matter what it feels like. No matter how hard it is. No matter what anybody else says. In other words, what I'm saying to you is this, we have to begin to live our lives for an audience of one. What is it, Father, that you want of my life? Give me your wisdom. That's our prayer. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for your word. And it's a little tough this morning, God. This is, this digs a little bit. But God, for those that are here that, that have ears to hear, I pray that you would speak to them in certain specific areas where you want them to dig into who you are. Maybe there's ones here today that have decisions that need to be made and they were thinking about fudging it a little bit. Give them strength to do it your way, the right way. There's ones here that are having struggles in relationships or maybe they're in relationships they shouldn't even be in. And it would be devastating to change that or break that up, but give them the strength to do that if that's what you have them to do. For those here, God, that their marriage has been a mess. They're struggling. There's some strife there. You help them to seek you and apply your principles into their marriage. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us the way you love us and your heart for us. With our eyes still closed and our heads still bowed, I just, if there's anybody here and you've never had a relationship with God, Maybe you heard it just a little bit differently today that God didn't want to kill your fun. He just wants you to have true life. And if you'll deny yourself, if you'll walk away from all the stuff this world says and surrender your heart to him and live his way, joy, peace, contentment is right there. And for you to have that, the Bible says you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So if you believe in your heart this morning, I'm going to give you some words to confess with your mouth. I'm going to give you a prayer. Nothing magical about my words. 
It's your heart, your sincerity that really is what, what matters. You might pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I surrender my life to you today. And as best as I know how, I'm going to attempt to serve you and do life your way. Help me to see the places where my thinking is worldly and not of you. Help me begin to change my heart to be a heart that is after you and sees your best in my life. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. If you would, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings and uh, take your Connect card out. There's a little card that's in your experience guide. Fill that out for us. If it's your first time here, uh, you can put name, phone, email, date of birth, those four things on there. That's all we need. Um, if you would like to put a prayer request, you can put that on the back. And if you made that decision today, that's the greatest decision you're ever going to make in your life. Um, would you mark that on there for us where it says, I have res- I, today I've decided to follow Jesus. Would you circle that or mark that so that we know that today? And then uh, as the ushers are coming, then uh, you can drop that card into the bucket.